0: This is the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. For all your gold and silver buying needs, call them at 1-800-951-0592 or log on to allamericangold.com. Broadcast for Monday, May the 23rd, 2016. The Patriot Radio News Hour as we fast approach Memorial Day and the midpoint of this year. The Patriot Trading Group, its team here would like to thank you for joining us week in, week out. We love our loyal listeners. Can't say it enough. Hey, what do we do here? The physical delivery of gold and silver. And it's e- as easy as giving us a call at one 800 951 0592, and the lovely Wendy's here. Take your phone call, walk you through your order. Or go check us out online at allamericangold.com. It's that easy point and click. Look at the products, buy the products. I'll tell you what, guaranteed to be delivered into your hands anytime you order. Hey, all that information, everything on the website is bought to you by the Patriot Trading Group and its owner, CEO Joe Jaquin. What's happening, man? Good morning. It's Monday, Monday morning.
1: Happy Monday! Happy Monday! The worst day of the week by far, but hey, I guess the alternative would be you didn't make it till Monday, so we'll we'll rejoice in that. The Preakness, There will be no triple crown winner uh, in the in the but uh, the horse racing that we, and it, you only pay attention for for three, well, three, three, four weeks. It, it, it's a span of about six
0: weeks where they run the the, the 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 Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, and then the Belmont. And the Belmont will be approaching, I think, in mid-June. In mid-June, they'll run. And uh, it was an exciting race either way. You know, it was ruddy. It, it was muddy, sloppy. And I think that had something to do with Nyquist not winning because a 17-to-1 horse won. I can't remember the name of it, but I remember it was Once 17-to-1. Second. Because
1: uh, the exaggerator won I'm the race. Sorry,
0: yeah, yeah, that that horse finished second. Yeah, I mean Nyquist didn't even finish second. How about that?
1: Well, you know, it
0: <laughs> had mud on its tail. Got a little
1: heavy. <laughs> that there you go. So uh, That's aerodynamics in action. There, all right. You know, you never know what you're going to hear live radio. I will say this: got a very interesting show. It all came together a little late today. You know, normally, especially on Mondays, for whatever reason, I'm restless, and I'm usually here even a little earlier than normal. But but in the last twenty minutes or so, things started coming together, and we're going to talk a lot about what it is that the Federal Reserve is really up to, because it's been it's been on my mind as all of a sudden in the last, would you say probably the last week, week and a half. Everybody that's at the Federal Reserve is all of a sudden talking about these rate hikes, and I just can't figure it out. What's the hurry, right? What what, what what's the race about? And the economy is not very good. I mean, by historical t- uh, terms, do you know that Obama will be the first president to never have? a single year of GDP growth of at least 3%. Okay, the very first. Never happened before. And and they're talking about raising rates. We, we see gross domestic product, you know, which used to be the most important piece of economic data. Now all of a sudden, they're acting like they don't care about it because it's not going in the right direction. And I, and I start thinking about You know, job growth. Because that's still one of the things. They still, they they keep talking about it. And they're trying to pretend that there's wage pressure. and, And job growth is good. And we know that job growth has kind of been tailing off. And anyone that has been listening to me, I tell you, job growth is the lagging indicator. Today, I'm going to give you what the leading indicator is in the jobs market and what that is telling us. Uh, We're going to talk about, you know, I don't know if people saw it because they did it over the weekend. Matter of fact, the Wall Street Journal dedicated just a little sliver, you know, along the margin, you know, where they write maybe two sentences. IBM announced that they're laying off 14,000 more workers. Uh, you can get the whole article in depth at AllAmericanGold.com today, and and I'm just curious. And you know, talking about like weight you know, wage pressure. You know, the only wage growth has been the the cities, states, and or companies that have raised their minimum wages. You know, you think about, like, Walmart now is $9, and next year they will go to 10 and and Target's done the same thing, and, and you see the states like California and New York are all raising their minimum wages. But we're going to break all of that down for you, and then I've got a new theory as to why it is that the Federal Reserve thinks they need to raise interest rates. Because when you look at historical perspectives, this would be a time with the data that we have today that they would be talking about cutting rates 10 years ago. They'd have been talking about cutting rates 15 years ago, 20 years ago, they would have been talking about cutting rates. So why would they risk, why would they risk the fragile economic recovery of the United States to gamble on an alleged rate hike. That's kind of the thing that I've been thinking about. And all weekend long, I've been thinking about it. And and, because I'm like, it just doesn't make any sense. Right? Why would they do that? Why would they put the, I mean, everybody agrees. Right? We're one little misstep away from being right back in it. So why would they come out and talk all this nonsense? And, and I think I figured it out. I really do. And then we're going to also play a clip in a growing number of people now that are talking about what comes next. And I've been telling all of you all year, forget about the rate hikes. you got to start preparing for what comes next. And we got another person now throwing his, I guess, uh, Economic weight into what comes next. In truck, Double J and the Love. Our toll free number eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. On this Monday, and it's going to be. I think this is going to probably be something we talk about all week long because it's really starting to come together. And what I mean is, you know, I remember it was probably back in November. So you think back, you know, six, seven months ago when I want to say it was Avi, uh, Avi Gilbert was the first one that I saw talking about, hey, get ready for a 30-year bear market. and uh, uh, Conversely, a 30-year bull market in gold. And then you started hearing guys like Soros, uh, Druckenmiller, Paul Singer. Then you had Bill Gross talk about get ready for the government to start having to send people checks. Right, when we already know, we're above and beyond all the checks they already said, just to keep from social unrest. And then uh, a couple of weeks ago, the SALT conference was going on, and that's just a fancy get-together of elitists talking about where things are heading and and what to get ready for. And, you know, what you hear in the mainstream, right, that's the noise that, that really, quite honestly, is uh, what they want you to hear, right, like the Federal Reserve talking about raising rates. You know, What's their angle? Is what, what, you
0: try, why are they delivering why, why, that message?
1: Why is that message coming out? And what really is it that we need to be worried about? Uh, so first, I'm going to play you a clip. And here's just, a, like I said, the list keeps growing. It seems like now every week for the last three or four weeks, I find another one of these big hedge funds or big research companies all coming out. And and talking about getting ready for what comes next. This one is this one is Milton Berg. Uh, he actually does a little. He's got a hedge fund. He's also a big research company. And he was talking to Bloomberg at the Salt Conference. I just want you to get another another voice into what it is you need to get ready for
2: you're here at the salt conference to drop a bit of a bomb it happened earlier today i want to share it with our audience worldwide you're predicting what
3: exactly i think we're at the cusp of a bear market in both stocks and bonds that will last up to 30 years 30 years this is on a real basis not an abnormal basis inflation adjusted basis
2: so on an inflation-adjusted basis, investors who put money into the stock market time, or the bond market go to sleep and wake up 30 years from now will
3: have made no money. Made no money exactly. That's Why? What, well, it's not unheard of in history, as you know. There was a bear market in bonds, less than 80, 40 years that began in the mid-40s, ended in 1980. We've had a 20-25 year bear market in Japan, going back to 1989. We are the most overvalued market in history. There's more leverage throughout the world than there's ever been in history. Central banks are, have lost all their ammunition, and because basically, because there's so much credit outstanding throughout the world. And it's not unheard of to have a, a long-term bear market. There'll be a lot of money to be made both in the downside and the upside within the bear market. We'll get to
2: that in a moment, but you said a couple of things that I need to follow up on the most overvalued equity market in history?
3: Worldwide, looking at all equity markets throughout the world and combining them, we're definitely at the most uh, overvalued. I believe just even the P.E. ratios on the New York, ex- New York Stock Exchange are just above their, their P.E. ratio at the trough in 2009, the average P/E, median P.E. ratio. Markets are way overvalued, and, and yields are very low. And not the exact low in yields, but if you look what yields we were 30, 40 years ago when you got 5, 6, 7% on stocks, and now you're getting one one half 1.5% on stocks in yield, way overvalued. You mentioned
2: central banks. What if Mario Draghi's whatever it takes really is a whatever it takes, so whatever it takes to keep risk yes. assets yes. rising?
3: Yes. If whatever it takes means Zimbabwe or, Ger- or Ger- hyperinflation Germany, stocks will do well, but not relative to the inflation rate that he's going to create. So that's why I say stocks are beginning a bear market in, in real terms. In nominal terms, stocks may be up a thousand percent over the next three years if he does all but that inflation could do. if inflation it, it is the do.
2: problem? where is it
3: no. There I, is no inflation. No, your question was, what if Draghi happens to take sure, all that it okay. takes? That would be real inflation. Well, but what they've
2: done up until now is pretty extraordinary. Well, they're trying to. And still we haven't seen it. Well, they inflation.
3: really, they, it's extraordinary in the books. They're doing something that makes absolutely no sense with negative rates. But there's so much credit within the system that just allowing people to borrow more, more money doesn't really help the system. It just causes a, a greater bubble, which ultimately will, will deflate. And they're talking about bubbles. You see, when I got in the business, there are many bubbles, but in the, each individual, individual had its own bubble. The United States may be inflating a bubble while Germany was deflating. Now it's one big worldwide bubble. The central banks are all all acting in unison. So once this bubble pricks, it's going to be Pretty, pretty, pretty terrible. There
2: are a, a pretty okay. Well, let's explore that for a moment. Yes. Pretty terrible means what? Well, we're going to see two thousand, March and, of two thousand nine again. And
3: I'm going to tell you that I don't know the answer because there's one of two major things: either the deflation is going to accelerate, which is the most likely scenario, will accelerate because not able to inflate, or they will actually turn to real inflation, which is real printing rather than just credit creation. Helicopter money. Helicopter money. Either way, it, it, it's disastrous. Either way.
2: There are a lot of people here who, as you know, are going to disagree with you. Some who already have. Yeah. What do you say to them? Why is this a bear market for 30 years? Why isn't it just a massive correction like we were just discussing? you know, and then things get back on track. Well, you
3: could argue there won't even be a correction, right? You can argue the markets can go straight up for the next 30 years. I mean, why not? That's it. Most people here believe in the long-term idea that just buy stocks, hold them for 30 years, you'll make 10% per annum. That is Beta st- is dead, in other statistically words. Statistically incorrect. But is that what
2: you're saying, beta?
3: Is this the whole idea that... The whole know, idea you buy stocks and hold them for long-term was never correct. Let me give you an example. <laughs> you beta st- was never alive. It was never correct, because if you, if you bought stocks at average prices over history, on average, you made 10%. If you bought stocks at above-average price, for example, in the top 2% quintile of price, uh, 2% um, of, of, uh, of pricing, you'd make 1% per annum over, over over the future. If you bought stocks at the bottom in 1932, you made 18% per annum over a long term. So we're not at average prices, not at average levels. We're at above average okay. prices, above average You're levels. You're
2: getting to an important point, though, which is even if people disagree with you on the 30-year bear market, you are talking about how to make money. Yes. How do you make money in this environment
3: well, in which you, in, that you envisage? Well, we have... how. how, how the typical investor should be out of stocks and out of bonds and wait for a crisis and buy during the crisis. Do what Warren Buffett does. He doesn't call himself a market timer, but he raises cash when the markets are doing well, and he puts that cash to work when the market's doing poorly. Wait for the next crisis. Put your money under the pillow. Wait for the next crisis. However, institutional investors... And buy investor the lows. And buy the lows. And you have to trade the lows, because there probably won't be long-term lows, long-term plateaus. But institutional investors must remain flexi- maintain flexibility, understand that markets will be volatile. That they really haven't been very non-volatile, over the last four years, people think they've been volatile. It's one of the lowest volatile periods in history. We measure the S&P uh, trading range, 6.4% trading range. We had the, lowest, the, the greatest number of days within a 6.4% trading range since 1928, just over the last year. So the markets are not volatile. There will be volatility in the future, and capitalize on it. That's what we do. We advise the clients to capitalize on volatility.
1: So I want you to think about, and I know that was a lot, But think about what he had to say. So here's Milton Berg at the SALT conference talking to Bloomberg and saying, Hey, listen, this isn't, and and really if you heard what he had to say, this isn't my opinion. This is based on facts, right, which is something I love to operate in. Let's talk about the facts. The facts are: the, the United States equity and bond markets are the most value, overvalued markets in history. That's what the facts say. That's what I keep telling you. You know, I keep telling all of you with your 401ks and your IRAs. Who's going to buy all your stuff? Right the 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 whole stock market. Right, the volumes are down to nothing. Wall Street firms have been continually laying off people and have been doing so for eight straight years in a row. One of the things that he talked about, though, was here's what's changed. And here's what's made it even more dangerous. Forget about the most overvalued. Forget about the fact that the world has never, ever witnessed this type of death. And the simple of adding of new debt makes no difference anymore, right? That was one of the big things he said in there. Hey, we have so much debt, and all of the central banks are trying to add more debt to the system, but it's not working the way it used to, right? We use the, 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 the drug addict analogy, right? The first time you used drugs, I don't know, I've never done heroin, but, you know, apparently it's great. Right, and then by the the time you've done it for the thirtieth or fortieth or fiftieth time, it, you know you need more and more and more of it, and you get less and less and less of that euphoric feeling. I guess you know that's the way the story goes. It's the same way with our finances. The first time we decided to go full on deficit spending, it felt really good, and we got big
0: economic growth from it. Right. Right. My question is, is are you implying that we're all a bunch of heroin addicts in a metaphorical sense?
1: That's exactly what it is. I mean, really, when you think about it, all the people that uh, that are out there putting away some gold, putting away some silver, essentially is saying, hey, listen, I'm getting ready for when the drug addict hits rock bottom. And we're getting closer and closer and closer to rock bottom. One of the other things he talked about, and part of what has been on my mind, about what is it that, that the Federal Reserve is really up to, because it makes no sense. I mean, we've had rates pretty much at zero for years. They raised a quarter of a point in December, and, and bad things happen. The stock market had the worst start since 1933. The worst start of the year since 1933. Gold went up 20%. So now they're talking about doing it again. Why? And then I, I was listening to Berg, and he was talking about, you know, you used to have, hey, maybe... The United States of the US central bank maybe they were blowing a bubble but the German central bank was trying to prick a bubble right maybe the Japanese central bank was trying to blow a bubble right but the Bank of England was trying to prick a bubble he goes, but now we're in a world here where all of these central banks are trying to blow the same bubble And that's what got me. That's what got me to think about, what's the real reason? Because it's not about us. It's not about the American economy. Nobody in the right mind. You hear the people on the television. Even those guys are like, hey, whoa, I don't know. What are they thinking? This is risky. This is dangerous. My guess is, this is just my opinion, something's really wrong. Maybe it's, and my guess is it's Japan. Something is really wrong, and Japan needs the the strongest dollar possible. The other place that needs the strongest dollar possible is Europe. And and my guess is this is my guess my guess is both Japan and Europe are in so much trouble that we don't realize and we don't know about because i face it, they're not going to tell us. It's just like the, the 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 banks that were in trouble. The Federal Reserve was like, "Hey, listen, we don't want to release who's in trouble because if you know who's in trouble, you may go take your money out of the bank." And that's my guess. My guess is there's something really bad that that's happening in and and one of those places. My guess is probably it's both of them. Both the EU and the Japanese economy, to where the United States, in order to keep all of the bubble going, unfortunately needs to, you know, fall on the sword a little bit, be the good samurai.
0: He was backwards, backwards. Use
1: Welcome her. back, Take like, no, to Radio News Hour. Yes, really interesting when you start really thinking about what it is that's really going to happen. You know, when you listen to Milton Berg, he said, you know, I can't tell you the outcome. He goes, but it's only one of two things. Deflation or hyperinflation. And what they use the term now, which is now being called helicopter money. We've been hearing this more and more lately. And, you know, Ben Bernanke had the moniker of the helicopter. And he got that moniker because he believed in his study of the Great Depression that the central bank needed to create even looser economic policy. And then, of course, his professor, Milton Friedman, he, he was a big proponent of that, and like any good student, they believe in this, quote-unquote, helicopter money. So here I sit, and I'm thinking about these two outcomes. Deflation or helicopter money those are the only two options and i got to believe it's going to be helicopter money and i'm going to tell you why remember what was it several weeks ago bill gross wrote a big thing to all of his investors and he talked about what is going to come next. Forget about rate hikes. Forget about, you know, uh, normalization of economic policy. Here's what's really going to come next. You're going to see governments. And he was talking about the United States and their need for providing a basic income to its citizenry. In other words, people that no longer have any money, they have no job prospects, and essentially the the welfare check and the rent check and this check and that check still isn't enough. And they're going to need to start providing a, a, a check to everybody. And then I saw this, and this is where the show came together. On June the 5th, the Swiss are going to hold a vote as to whether the government should introduce an unconditional basic income to replace various welfare benefits, they're talking about 2,500 francs for every adult and 25% of that for every child. It says it would do two things. It would barely get you over the poverty line in Switzerland. Which right now, by the way, the poverty line in Switzerland and the United States are fairly close. Switzerland, very expensive place to live. 29,000 francs is the poverty line in Switzerland. And this would get you right at 30,000. They say that the Swiss collected over hundred thousand thousand signatures in getting the stipend put on the ballot. And it says that the idea of paying everyone a stipend has also piqued the interest in other countries, such as Canada, the Netherlands, Finland, and amongst others. Of course, now let's throw the United States in there. The initiators say the sum they've mentioned would allow for a decent existence right you know the Constitution talks about uh, the the pursuit of happiness right and now it's gone a step further now apparently what needs to happen is you don't have to pursue it the government will just provide it for you and and you start thinking about what comes next and the great experiment that we've all been a part of, whether we've known it or not. You think about the most overvalued stock and bond market in the history of the world. He talked about the nonsense of buying stock and holding it and somehow 30 years later you've averaged 10% returns. said, hey, by the way, That was baloney. That was a lot. It really still matters about when you buy. And he goes, for most people, you're always buying at the top. Hardly anybody buys at the bottom. And, you know, when I sit here and I'm looking at gold, you know, 1,050 was probably the bottom. And now I sit here and I'm looking at it, you know, gold's... uh, $1,248.50 right now. Great time to buy. Nowhere near the top. Silver, maybe even better. Right? Silver's at $16.40 right now. Nowhere near the top. And then you start looking at everywhere else you turn to, and it's all at the top. And then you start thinking about why it is, you know, the Federal Reserve is trying to do what it does. And I told you when the segment started, you know the employment numbers, the the jobs numbers, that's a lagging indicator. Because the last thing companies do is lay people off. So what's the first thing a company does? When it decides, you know what, hey, we probably need we need to add some people. We're not really sure, but but at least for right now things are starting to turn around and we need to add a few people. Of course in this new economy, the temporary worker is usually the leading indicator. You know, before we go out and commit And we hire people for the long haul. Let's hire some temporary help, and let's just buy us some time. Wall Street Journal this morning. One of the labor market's early warning signs is flashing trouble. In other words, this is a leading indicator of the job market. Hiring by staffing agencies has grounded to a halt. 2016. We're going to talk more about the flight of temporary workers and then over the other leading indicator, planned layoff, next. <music> Welcome back. Pitching Radio News are our toll-free number 800-951-0592. And talking about what comes next and it's so confusing for me because I have I have this horrible feeling that this talk about these rate hikes has nothing to do with what the state of the US economy it's something much bigger is at work you know this the system you know you, you, you talk about duct tape and bubble gum that's what it's held together on right now and one of the things that that uh, we learned from Milton Berg and, and what really kind of put it in place for me, listen, all these central, they're in cahoots together. You know, they're having their secret little meetings. They're trying to do things in, together to try to keep each other going because if one goes, they all go. And now you have countless numbers of people saying get ready, the next 30 years is going to be bad. It's going to be real bad. You have people talking about you're not going to, you buy stocks, you buy bonds, 30 years later you've you've lost money. That's how bad it's going to be. But then when you start realizing well that only makes sense. Because as everybody knows right, the law of averages, Right? You had this huge debt bubble that's been bent, been blown up for 30 years, it's almost 40 years now here in the United States. You can't get through it in one year. Right? The problem's not solved. We had one year. Okay, problem solved. Let's go back. Everything's great again. Doesn't work that way. Of course, we know, and I've been saying forever. You know, just follow Japan. That's us. We're on. We're on the the same program, right? We bought in to the same philosophy. And, you know, you think about Japan. I mean, it's been thirty years there. Nothing. But now we're talking about jobs. We're talking about stipends. We're gonna need to have to send everybody a check. Or suffer deflation, right? I guess those are the two choices and and, and that you have to live with.
0: I guess mortgage work a a bad choice. Right. <laughs> that that's awful. Exactly. so now temporary work is new.
1: It's probably only been around what would you say, Homer? thirty years maybe? Uh Kelly services started the temp staffing industry somewhere about nineteen forty. Okay, nineteen forty. And then it became, what, household, and, and everyone heard about it and knows about it, what, in the last probably 20, 25
0: you know, years? Of, yeah, well, yeah, I would say it got mainstream about in nineteen uh, late 1970s, because it really started off as Kelly Girls. They would send you in a, a receptionist or somebody to, to take note or to answer phones way back then. It started And it evolved into labor, contract labor. It evolved into a very, you know, it's a $6 billion business. It's a big business, big right? Business. Big business. So here's what they had to say. Wall
1: Street Journal today talking about staffing agencies grinding to a halt. A worrisome sign because the category fell off before the broader job market slowed down during the last, several recessions in other words the leading indicator in the jobs market at least in recent times so you go you know recession usually hits what every seven years or so so this is going back at least the last two recessions this has been the leading indicator and now we're getting ready at least in my opinion to hit the third recession that's what's coming This is what this is signaling. So you look over. Hey, now we're talking about a twenty-year period. Many economists looked at the sector as the leading indicator because cautious firms tend to first hire temps when the expansion begins and dismiss those non-permanent workers when the sense the economy is faltering. So now you, you have the Wall Street Journal saying, hey, the leading indicator temps has stopped. Temp hiring has stopped growing. Then you look at the next indicator, which is done by Challenger Gray in Christmas. They track all the mass layoff announcements. Right? What are these companies? And these are bigger companies. To make the, the mass layoff announcements, you need to lay off at least 50 people. That's the minimum. That's the minimum criteria. So you think about all the businesses in the United States, you're probably saying 90% of them don't even have 50 people. Right? So you're just talking about the biggest businesses in America. And according to Challenger Gray in Christmas, it says that domestic companies announcing plan layoff, which hit 65,000 workers last month, and this was an April number, for the first four months of the year. It says domestic U.S. companies have sent layoff notices to 250,000 people, quarter of a million people. That's the highest total for a January to April period since 2009, and of course, 2009 we just had the financial crisis, and now Challenger Gray and Christmas says that it's we're back to those levels. We continue to see large scale scale layoffs, not only in the energy sector. They say they are seeing heavy downsizing activities in other areas. Computers and retail. we changing consumer trends has created a lot of volatility. And you start to think about Federal Reserve talking about raising rates. What do I need to get ready for? Patriot Radio News Hour. Final segment coming up. Final segment on a Monday. Our toll free number eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Trying to get everybody ready for what comes next. Boy, I think I'm I'm really starting to think it's going to be helicopter money. I had no idea June fifth, Switzerland at least voting on it already. But you think about why is our central bank acting, you know, so Beyond what would be the best interest of at least this country, and you're starting to get, you're starting to realize what well, things are going horribly wrong, and you start thinking about all the people that have come out in favor of gold, from Soros to Drugen Miller to Singer to Gross, now Milton Berg, and the list is it seems to keep growing every week, week after week. And and you start realizing you need to get ready for what is next, and this is where we come in uh, today. Just got a great opportunity, very small special today. Uh, we 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 are able to to get sixteen, not sixty, sixteen 2 two and a half dollar gold pieces. Now those will be either Liberties or Indians the liberties are the more valuable of the two. Uh, Unfortunately, they weren't able to tell us what was what, how many of what. Now, we've done this before, and the last few times, we've gotten a lot of liberties. But I'm going to tell you that there are two and a half Indians, and then if you get liberties, you're going to be even more excited. Right now, a two and a half dollar Liberty's two ninety-five. A two and a half dollar Indian is two eighty. Today, I've got 16 2 and a half dollar gold pieces. We're gonna do them at two hundred and sixty dollars. Like I said, I don't know if they're Liberties or if they're Indians. It's going to be a mix of some sort. But U- U.S. two and a half dollar gold pieces. Two hundred and sixty bucks. Uh, by far the cheapest we've offered them this year at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Don't forget about the medals program. We, we last week turned out to be a big medals program week. Thank you so much. If you're looking to to get into the medals program, where you can do as little as a hundred dollars a month, there is no maximum. You can do as much as you like. We physically deliver to you once a quarter in that program. I personally build the portfolios for you. We pool all of those resources together. We make one mass buy at the end of every quarter, which allows you to buy at the cheapest price possible. So if you want information on that, uh, give us a call or go out to allamericangold.com and click on the metals program button. Uh, if you're looking at getting your IRA, taking it out of stocks or taking it out of bonds and rolling it over into a gold or silver IRA, uh, we can help you do that and point you in the right direction. 800 eight hundred nine five one that is our toll free number. Uh, gold's down $3.12.49. Silver's down $0.10 cents at $16.40. Everybody have a great rest of your Monday. We'll talk again tomorrow. Take care.